This week on Dueling Review, we review Black Hammer Justice League number one from Dark Horse Comics and DC Comics. DC and Dark Horse Comics present the ultimate superhero crossover event of 2019. The strange man arrives simultaneously on Black Hammer Farm and in Metropolis, and both worlds are warped as Starro attacks. Batman, Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman, Superman, and more crossover with Golden Gale, Colonel Weird, and the rest of the Black Hammer gang. Let us talk Black about Hammer, Black, Hammer, Black Hammer Justice JLA. League number one, a big crossover event. And um, I've read, you know, Black Hammer here and there, you know, not really in depth. I kind of get the the gist of what the story is, and they're kind of trapped in this pocket universe or this universe where they're the only things and the city is the only thing. And there's no other cities besides the city that they're in and the uh, Black Hammer farm and all that stuff. Right. And I I get that, sure. And I know that there are the archetypes in uh, Black Hammer that kind of correspond to the Justice League, so... Here you get Jeff sure. Lemire, uh, who gets to do some Justice League stuff and have them kind of cross over in the fa- in the form of flipping universes, mm-hmm. thanks to a mysterious man with a white mustache, who I'm going to say is a Mister's Mister Mister Mixiel Spitalik. He's a definitely. A, I think he may actually be Mixiel Spitalik because he's wearing a purple bowler. Uh-huh. Yep. Which, you know, if you go back far enough, the purple bowler in the little purple suit, that was yeah. uh, Earth he, 2. He never did that say McGurk. That was Mr. Muxelpolk. Yeah, he never did say that. McGurk. So, but I'm still betting it's it's a Mixius Pitalik kind of thing. So, Oh, yeah. He's definitely a Mixius Pitalik, even yeah. if he's not the Mixius Pitalik. I also like some of the implications that, you know, the first part is just really introducing readers to who these characters are. And really, it feels like the first half is introducing readers, DC Comics readers, to who the Black Hammer characters are, even though this first one is published by uh, Dark Horse Comics. Because, let's face it, uh, even though this is a a very good series and a lot of people have read it, it's not the Justice League. And the people who are coming in just going, hey, I've heard about this, but I've only ever read Justice League. You know, I can see that. I really like how well they did the setup in those first few pages. Even though if you read Black Hammer from the beginning, some of it does feel like moments that we've seen before Mm -hmm. in Black Hammer. You know, early issues, first issue of Black Hammer. Right, right. The interesting thing about it to me is the cover and the... uh, Depends on which cover you get. That's true. Seems to imply more Justice Leaguers are involved. The The title page, for sure, implies more Justice Leaguers are involved than the ones we see in this issue. Maybe? I don't know. I I, I, I don't know how the, the series is supposed to play out. I know that there were, you know, when it comes to teasers and promotions and getting people interested in this series, like the Doc Shaner variant cover was out months and months and months ago. Like, yeah. even before the, the solicitation announcement, I think, or as soon as the solicitation ounce, announcement dropped, then that one was already up. So you know that that was done months before. And so who knows? There could be people that were just like, yeah, it's the Justice League. And someone's like, oh, OK, the Justice League. It's got Green Lantern in it. OK, we'll do that. And mm-hmm. of course, at the end of the issue, the Green Lanterns do show up. Mm. And the the title page uh, implies, well, it, it shows us Aquaman, the Martian Manhunter, the five characters in this issue mm-hmm. and John Stewart. Mm-hmm. 
Which I'm totally down with because John Stewart is a much better character than Hal Jordan, especially right. in the modern era. Well, like I said, a bunch of Green Lanterns show up at the end, so anything could yeah. could happen at this point, and there could be lots of jumping back and forth, and it could be the fact that we're getting John Stewart meeting up with the Black Hammer gang because now you know the universes have flipped, so right. there's going to be some things that are going on there. I think probably the thing that I like the most about this issue is once they flipped, they basically retold the opening pages of this issue again yes. but from the Justice League's point of view. It is really wonderful to read that and I like the fact that you know you can see the correspondence between the characters mm -hmm. to a degree. I really like the fact that Abraham Slam's place is taken by Superman. And I love the bit where, you know, Batman is like I'm taking the tractor and I'm going to get us off this farm once and for all. I can't armor my head. Uh. Yeah. That's kind of neat, you know, but I don't know. I'm, I am always leery of a story where you have characters who are clearly meant as analogs or archetypical equivalents of existing characters yeah. as you have with black hammer mm -hmm. and taking those characters and putting them into a world with the actual characters from which they're, you know, derived or inspired. Abraham slam has a lot of Superman golden age, Superman, also some golden age Captain America uh, in his makeup. And you look at, you know, um, Golden Gale has a lot of Captain Marvel. You look at Barbalian has a lot of Martian Manhunter and, you know, Colonel Weird is right. I mean, they're just using they're just using the the archetypes and the tropes of the yeah uh, of your typical uh, team, you know. But it's difficult for me to look at this and. I'm not saying that I can't justify it because I really do like this issue and I like the read, but there was something uncomfortable about reading a story that has Superman and Abraham Slam, who is kind of a Superman analog in it. So I'm hoping that they can keep that. And of course it's Lemire and Lemire loves to play with weird metatextual crazy stuff like this. And I think he can definitely pull it off, but coming in my, that was my biggest worry was how do you do a story with a justice league and basically an ersatz justice league and not make it feel like the real league and these weird shadow pretenders. So I'm hoping that we can stay away from that because there's enough of that, you know, when people going, Oh, well, this guy's just a third rate Deadpool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dude, that's Wolverine. You, oh. He's a second rate Deadpool. <laughs> I guess for me, if you are someone that is like, and, and there's been a lot of praise already on the internet and the Twitterverse uh, since this issue came out. And if you're someone that's sitting there going, hmm, should I go and read this book? Mm -hmm. Even though I think the writer does a good job of setting up who these Black Hammer characters are, I think probably my view on this is you kind of have to be super knowledgeable about both groups and you kind of have to be a fan of both groups because otherwise... This is Starman, Batman, Hellboy crossover all over again, where, yeah, I kind of care about some of these characters and the rest I really could care less about. So why am I reading this story again? So I think even though I enjoyed the issue, just like you said, I thought that there was a lot of you kind of have to be a fan to really, really, really enjoy this book. I would agree. Uh, I think maybe less of the Justice League, but it's definitely still true. Because the new 52 version or the post-rebirth version, whatever you're looking at, of the Justice League is not a traditional league for you know a reader who's been around more than eight or nine years. And even though this is meant to be 
the same Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman we've been reading about for 80 years. This is very clearly the post-rebirth versions thereof. So, yeah, I would agree with you. I think that coming into this, I was worried that the Justice League would look good and that the Black Hammer characters would look less interesting or less good. Mm -hmm. But I find that after reading the book, I feel like the opposite is true. And that's, that's a good thing to me. You know, in comics, you have the tendency to have the more popular character or the more high tier character feel like the host of the lesser characters. But in, in wrestling, they have something called the rub, right? Where, you and that's know, what you, you beat you, a guy, you take the, the seasonings and you put it on your pork butt and then you put it in the, uh, in the, uh, smoker no, for a couple of weeks. No, the pork butt retired. He wrestled oh, for ECW. Okay. Well, but no, the, so, rub, the rub is when you, you, Steven, come in and you wrestle Hulk Hogan. And even if you don't win, Hulk Hogan makes sure you look oh, good sure, 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 sure. in the ring with Hulk Hogan. And I feel like that's definitely what the Black Hammer characters have gotten here, especially Gale, who cracks I me up. I don't think that they are the rub uh, in this case. I think the Justice League would be the rub in this case. And the reason why I say that is because in the unique way that Dark Horse, DC, Marvel, and... IDW and all the others, when they do these crossovers, um, Dynamite does this too, mm-hmm. where, and Archie especially, they alternate who's releasing. So the way this one is is released, it's Dark Horse Comics and DC Comics. Issue mm-hmm. two, if they do it following what they've done previously in crossovers, it will be DC Comics and Dark Horse Comics as the publishers. Nice. And so uh, DC will be the primary publisher of issue number two, which means that... In the Dark Horse comic, obviously the Black Hammer characters are going to take center stage and we're going to learn much about them. And these are the ones that Black Hammer heroes or fans are going to want to read about their heroes. And yeah, there's some Justice League people. That's okay. That's nice, too. I think it'll flip around in the second issue because then DC would be the primary person publishing it. And considering how the first issue ended with the Colonel and the Green Lanterns, now it will be Green Lanterns doing a whole bunch of stuff or the Justice League of of the DC Universe doing a bunch of stuff and bringing the others along and making them look good. That's Mm. that's kind of the way I kind of of view it. But I I do see where you're coming from. I, I, the thing that I was glad that they didn't do was split art duties. Where somebody would be doing all of the art for the Black Hammer universe, and then when you're in the DC universe, you've got a different artist doing that. I'm glad that they kept with Michael Welsh, I think this is her Walsh, uh, through the entire series, because mm-hmm. I think that kept some consistency, and I really dig uh, Walsh's look of Starro and the Starro invasion. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting to look at the way he draws Wonder Woman and Batman, and especially Flash, Comparatively to the way he draws Talkie Walkie and, you know, the group mm-hmm. of Black Hammer, mm-hmm. there's definitely some change in technique, I think, going on. And I think that's brilliant because it keeps the consistency that you wanted, but it does give what I wanted, which was the definite contrast between the characters of Black Hammer who've spent 10 years trapped in an alternate dimension I, and are really, really unhappy with it. I also like the implication, and this is the thing that I'm very curious about, is when we reopen up with the Justice League on the Black Hammer farm, mm-hmm. it's been 10 years. Wonder Woman specifically says, we've been, here tra- we've been trapped here for 10 years. And so I am super interested to see if that's implanted memories or if that is they've really been trapped in the Black Hammer universe for 10 years. Uh, you know, I think 
Either way, it's going to work. I, I mean, would if it, prefer I mean, if it's a, memories. If it's a mix, Mr. Mixiel Spitalik, it's going to be a planted memory, which I'm fine with. I, I'm fine right. with that. But on the other hand, there's some really interesting implications of it literally being 10 years without these heroes. And then what happens right. when the Justice League or these members of the Justice League come back into the DC universe and the Black Hammer team has established themselves. They've been heroes. They've been doing things that they've loved to do before they were they found themselves in this universe. And I think that will be the interesting part is how do they cope with either agreeing to go back to the Black Hammer universe or deal with the sudden return of the heroes that everybody's been waiting for. I think that'll be interesting if that's where the story goes. We don't know. But uh, right. I guess for me, this is I enjoyed the issue. I'm interested to see what happens with issue two. But this is a borrow it for me. This is not something that I'm going to say rush out in pick up in a buying frenzy only because if you're not familiar with Black Hammer and what's going on, then you're going to be lost through about half this issue. I think for me, it's definitely a get. I won't say rush right out in a buying frenzy, but definitely, especially if you're a fan of the modern superhero crossover mashup craziness where it's like Red Sonia and Richie Rich are going to go out and have an adventure. If you enjoy that kind of wacky cross world building, this is a really great example of it. And uh, it does have a guy in a bowler hat, which since it's a, a DC, partially a DC branded property, means it's either going to be Mixus Pidlick or Frank Gorshin's Riddler. And either way, well, I don't think know, it's going to be. Good. I think it's because it's magic. It can't be uh, the Riddler, but it may not be Mister Mixius Pidlick. It may be the Fifth Dimension Imp from the Black Hammer universe. Whoa, that's deep, Ogre. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this week we picked up Black Hammer Justice League number one. And that mm-hmm. is because uh, we picked that because we were off last week and we didn't have a chance to put up the uh, Major Spoilers uh, Dueling Review uh, pick over at our Patreon page. But it's going to be back this week. I'll be posting it shortly. By the time you hear this, it'll probably be up. And here's what you need to do. Matthew, please take it away. What you do is you point your browse locator to patreon.com forward slash Major Spoilers. Both perfectly normal English words. So if I... Don't spell them out for you. You'll probably get it. You're going to look for Dueling Review for July the 17th. Yes. You're going to look at the list of books that are coming out next week, and you are going to put your vote in the comments for that particular uh, post, I think you would call it, your the Patreon post on our Patreon page. And you will choose the book, and if your book gets the most votes, Stephen and I will come back next week, and we'll either be delighted or horrified with what you've chosen. So That's right. choose wisely. Well, let's see. Some of the comics that are on the list for next week from Boom Studios is Black Badge number 12, Faithless number 4, that's the penultimate issue there, Firefly number 8, Jim Henson's Storyteller Sirens number 4, and uh, Smooth Criminals number 7. Dark Horse Comics has Creepy Archives, the hardcover volume 29. Just a reminder, we don't do trade paperbacks on this show. Also next week comes uh, Mystery Science Theater enamel pin set for 15 bucks, as well as the Quiet Kind One-Shot, $6 right there. DC Comics has Aquaman number 50, Batman number 75, Collapser number one. That'll be interesting. I don't know what that's about. Also, uh, Justice League number 28, Lucifer number 10, Teen Titans number 32, and Teen Titans Go number 35. From Dynamite Entertainment, we have Elvira, Mistress of the Dark number 7, James Bond 007 number 9, Red Sonja, Vampirilla, Betty and Veronica, Enamel Pin Set, 
You can get the entire pin set for $38 or each pin for $10. So it's actually better if you buy all of them together as opposed to individually. Mm. Also, Vampirella number one comes out next week. Ah, good, finally. She's been on all these other series. She's finally getting her own series from Dynamite yeah. Entertainment. IDW Publishing number uh, next week has Amber Blake number four, Ghost Tree number four. Let's see, Marvel Marvel Action Classics Captain America. That's a $5 book. Uh, the Black Panther one everybody seemed to like that came out this week. We've got a review of that on the Major Spoilers website. Also, Transformers number nine, Transformers Ghostbusters number two, and Usagi Yojimbo number two. Image Comics has Assassination Nation number five, the final issue there, Black Science number 41, Die, 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 the first uh, trade paperback collection of that, Gideon Falls number 15, Hit Girl season two number six, and Rumble number 14. Marvel Comics has Age of X-Man, Omega number one, Amazing Spider-Man number 23 gets a second printing there, Captain Marvel number eight, Daredevil number eight, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number six gets a second printing, Punisher Annual Matthew gets a $5 uh, cover uh, uh, price. As long as they don't have a nude variant. <laughs> Spider-Man Life Story number five, the penultimate issue there. Uh, the True Believers Absolute Carnage, Maximum Carnage number one. That's a $1 book. That's a reprint. We probably wouldn't be doing a reprint. Uh, <laughs> also X-Force number 10. In all the rest category... We have Animosity number 22, Blade Runner 2099, oh, 2019 number one. That actually came out this week. Um, double check, make sure. Yeah, that's 717. Or at least they, I thought it came out this week. They told us to hold all reviews until this week. Ooh. Blossom 666 number five, the final issue there. Uh, Doctor Who, the 13th Doctor number 10, Gretel number five. Hellchild Blood Money number four, final issue there. Jughead, The Hunger versus Vampironica number three. Jughead's Time Police number two, Moon Maid number two, Robin Hood Outlaw number six, final issue there, and X Liefeld's number one. I don't know what X Liefeld's number one is, but there's don't uh, know that five, I want to know. <laughs> there's five different covers for that, each five bucks each. All right, uh, that wraps it up for this installment of Dueling Review. Thank you so much for being a part of this show, and thank you for being a patron. To all of you patrons at patreon.com slash major spoilers, remember, your contribution allows us to keep this show going, pays for our growing costs, and you get a bunch of bonus stuff in return. So, thank you again. We will be back next time when you will hear Matthew say, As the baby shrimp said to its mother when she asked him to share, I'm just a little shellfish. This podcast is copyright 2019 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.